Hello, friends, and welcome to Tell Us More, a podcast from Lake Forest Church, Westlake, all about the sermons and messages we hear each week. I'm your host, Nathan Story, and joining me again this week are Pastor Aaron Gibson and Cesar Guerrero. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. Hey, Nathan. Good to be back. Welcome back. We are in a series right now called Back to Life. We're continuing to look at the life of Nehemiah, and today we're talking about in. We're talking about the, the message on doing life and faith with others. So, Aaron, right off the bat. Why do we need other people? Well, folks should listen to the sermon. That's what yeah, all things yeah. about. <laughs> uh, you know, right off the bat, I, gosh, I, I don't even think you have to be a Christian to think that this is true. But it's especially true if you are a Jesus follower. Yeah. Uh, from the very beginning, from the opening pages of the Bible, God says, man, I did not intend for anyone to do this alone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, by the way, sin isn't even on the scene yet. Yeah. Right. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. So if you think about God's per- a picture of God's perfect world, in God's perfect world, we actually still need each other. So it's not that we're needy because the world's messed up. We're needy because we need one another because God designed us that way. Mm-hmm. That's good. So you introverts have a built-in flaw. Is that what <laughs> no. you're saying? I'm just be cool now. Be cool yeah. now. Them, them's fighting words. <laughs> Nathan introvert is getting red in the face as we speak. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah we see that, and you mentioned that God never intended us to do life alone. Um, well, so speaking of our personalities and our natural dispositions yeah. to either being uh, cut off from people or not, you know, how mm-hmm. do we fight through those things? How do we get past our natural instincts to maybe protect ourselves from the fact that other people can be real nasty sometimes. Yeah, that's just <laughs> the meanies. Right. Well, you mentioned sin's not even on the equation, but now that sin is in the equation, it's even harder. It's even messier, right? Yeah. yeah. Much more difficult yeah. to be in relationship with people. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's this interesting um, thing for, you know, I, I mean, Nathan, I appreciate your question. The, the truth is that there's a much more robust answer to that question, right? Which yeah. is we, we, we need each other for all kinds of reasons, but not the least of which is our spiritual growth. I mean, if we want to grow spiritually if we want to grow in our journey of faith if we want to grow in our relationship with jesus um it's gonna involve other people mm-hmm. it has to yeah. and and jesus makes that connection when when he's asked one day um hey what's the what's the what's the big thing like boil down this whole christianity thing to one thing he says well it's this it's love god and it's love your neighbor as yourself right yeah. and so yeah. not surprisingly you know um most of the stuff in the scriptures, uh, the Ten Commandments, are largely about how we get along with others. Right? How do we do this life together? Um, <clears throat> but not just that. Really, how how do we form meaningful hmm. bonds and meaningful relationships with others where they can help us grow and we can help them grow? Yeah. Is that is that harder today than perhaps it was back when the time of Scripture is being written? Is that harder today because of the things vying for our attention and the fact that technology can be uh, an excuse for our relationships to be really really shallow? Um, do you think that's harder today, or has it always just kind of been this challenge that, that we have? I, I mean, I, you know, you guys know this. I'm a bit of a psychology nerd, and yeah. my, my undergrad degree at UCLA was in psychology so I studied a lot of this stuff and I just find it fascinating I actually think it is harder Hmm. and uh, it's probably harder for a lot of good reasons Um, you know we we many of us in in the US live in affluent 
communities where we, we have a lot of options. Yeah. We have a lot of luxuries. In fact, I mentioned in the sermon, one of my favorite researchers is a guy out of Harvard named Robert Putnam. And he wrote a book I've referenced many times in sermons called Bowling Alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's actually a sociologist. And so he studies American society. And he notes that in the tw- in the, from the beginning of the 20th century to the end of the 20th century, uh, American people uh, reported having fewer meaningful relationships by the end of the, than they did at the beginning. Not the same person, but just in general, the average person had more meaningful relationships um, at the earlier part of the century than people who lived at the end. Yeah. And, and Robert Putnam cites some predictable things. He says, look, air conditioners allowed <laughs> us to hang out indoors rather than on our front porches, wow. yeah. right? Television meant that we could stay inside and be entertained. We didn't go. So there are a lot of factors that have contributed to that. And, and now we all have a television in our pocket. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we can be outside sitting next to each other and not actually could yeah. 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 Busy scrolling TikTok mindlessly for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But, but I think, you know, I don't, I don't tend to harp on that stuff too much because the truth is it's always been hard for human beings yeah. to know how to form yeah. meaningful connections. There's a, yeah, there's always in, in thinking about my own life and my own uh, kind of social, social life and interactions, I've I, I found it that I, I can always come up with an excuse not to, to reach out and, and connect mm-hmm. with someone. There's, so, you know, this researcher and then I think us doing our own quick research as we think about it, um, you know, can realize there are a lot of excuses not to there are a lot of reasons and distractions not to do it yeah but doesn't mean it's not worth trying not trying yeah yeah well and there's that i mean that's what was so great about the gospel when jesus showed up on the scene first of all jesus modeled this right he said look you 12 i want you to come and be oh, with yeah. me we're, we're going to do this we're going to we're going to form this small group and and we're going to do life together for three years right yeah. and and that's really how they grew um but there's also, and I, I touched on this quite a bit in the sermon, um, there's this imperative, there's this, this command in the New Testament to not give up on this vision mm. of Christian community. Don't stop meeting together, right? Um, he, he says, you, you, you've got to keep at this. So kind of full circle, it sounds like it was hard 2,000 years yeah. ago as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. So Nathan's talking about mentioned he mentioned in in the podcast just about the our natural tendencies and our personalities. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that we share? Because I mean, even as an extrovert, um, you know, I have my tendencies that lead me to not want to engage with people um, as well. What are what are some of those unifying things that that uh, that keep us from living into that thing that we were created for, which is community? Um, but there's clearly some obstacles to that that are intrinsic. What would you say some of those are, just off the top of your head? Hmm. Well, you named it well. They're probably different for different personalities, right? Uh, the majority of Gibsons living under the Gibson roof uh, are extroverts. Um, there is uh, one introvert, and he shall remain nameless. Uh, but he. <laughs> okay, so it's one of the boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, For those playing at home. But, you know, uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I I learn a ton from my son in this because he's able to articulate 
the differences. Like he he's grown up with a bunch of extroverts, mm. and he's watched us. God bless him. Yes, God bless him. <laughs> but he he's and he's studied it. And he would be the first to tell you his need for connection with friends is no different. What we share is a need for meaningful connection. Mm-hmm. What's different about us is where we get our energy. Yep. I mean, that's that's yeah. the introversion, extroversion. Yeah. Introverts have no less of a need or no more of a need mm-hmm. for meaningful connection. Um, it just it's just that extroverts have a great appetite for meaningless connection too. That's <laughs> right, right. true. <laughs> Not meaningless. What is a great. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Extroverts need to be taken down a notch yeah. globally. The meaningless connections. Pump the brakes there, yes, friends. Just we pump the brakes to. a little bit. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You know, I, I uh, in every test I've ever taken my whole life, I score off the charts on extroversion. I, I am a people person, and I, I just love being around people. But it is possible for me to be around a lot of people. And I would say that that is, is actually meaningful in a different way to me. But it's possible, so my liability, Caesar, to answer your question, as an extrovert, is it's possible for me to have a lot of interactions but never actually go there. Mm. And so yeah. I have to consciously choose. And, and the way I do that is to I try to consciously bring Jesus into the midst of that interaction with the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, I try to bring in what a friend of mine calls God talk or, or mm. God speak. And when and my my most meaningful relationships are the ones where we do God talk together. We mm-hmm. talk about what's what what God's doing in our life lives, or we pray with and for one another. Mm-hmm. Those end up being the most meaningful relationships for me. Mm. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned being a people person. I um, I, I know for sure I'm an, an introvert, uh, kind of as Caesar was, was talking about earlier. And um, but as you mentioned that idea of being a people person I, when I would would think about going into ministry after college and, and what I wanted to do as a, as a career and, and with my life I that was the phrase I always came to when thinking about wanting to do this was that I, I'm a people person I like people but the you know the idea of like you said as being an introvert it's just my uh, gas tank runs out a little faster than perhaps an extrovert does because I have to recharge with alone time or even uh, time with a smaller group of people you know but yeah, I, introverts can absolutely be people, 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 right. <laughs> people, that's persons. Right. Right. You almost didn't finish that phrase. You almost said introverts can also be people. Yeah. <laughs> and then he finished people, people. Introverts, I need a t-shirt. Introverts are people too. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting, even our conversation right now, and, and appropriately so, because this is kind of where we live, yeah. is approaching this from what do I get out of this kind of thing, oh, right? Yeah, we yeah, even yeah. naturally default to a consumer mentality. Yeah. And what, what the scriptures seem to touch on as much is my need to be in relationship with you so that I can be devoted to you, so that I can love you, so that I can serve you. Yeah. It's, just, it's as much about what, I am, what I'm supposed to do with and for others as what I quote unquote get out of it, yeah. right? Yeah. That's in almost all of Paul's letters. There's a section where he says, this is how you are to treat those who are part of your circle, part of your Christian community, yeah. right? Yeah. One of my favorite verses comes from his letter to the Colossians, and I'm going to butcher it because I don't have it in front of me. But he says, uh, uh, in in your relationships with one another, he says, make allowance for one another's faults. Yeah. And I I go back to that all the time, right? We are introverts. We're extroverts. None of us are perfect. How do I make space for you? Wow. Uh, And in your quirks and your faults, your struggles, um, 
Christians, I think, should be the best in the world at doing that because of the example of grace that we have from Jesus who made all kinds of space for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a great charge uh, for us to be reminded of that we're, we're supposed to do that, you know. Well, Aaron, you talked about four ways in the message that we can go about creating uh, this community, and maybe we could talk about them now as we look through uh, the notes from the sermon. The, those four things we could do to um, form real community are effort, honesty, grace, and and leadership, and, and having a leader. Do you want to talk us through those and and uh, remind us of, of those ways we can help create community? Yeah, well, I was really, I mean, I got to tell you, I don't often get this kind of bee in my bonnet, but as I was praying for this message, I was really struck by this idea in the scriptures and then as I reflected in my own life. And the two things came into unity, uh, which was this idea that real relationship is formed, it's not found. Mm. And that that has been so true in my life. It, it's, you know, it's not something that just comes my way accidentally. It always takes some kind of purposeful pursuing of it. and And that's what I felt like Nehemiah demonstrates for us, and I felt like that's what uh, my sense of what God was calling us to as a church. Look, we we want this, but we have to we have to pursue it. We have to form it. Yeah. And so, just four basic things. You know, look, that's going to take some work. That's going to take some effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's tough in our day and age, where you know we we do want it more instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, when you join, I don't know if, you know, what y'all's experience has been, but for me, usually when I join a, a small group or a Bible study or, 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 you know, something like that, or like the dad's group I'm in, uh, you know, those first couple of weeks, they're fun, but it's kind of what they would call the honeymoon phase of a group, right? We're all just mm-hmm. kind of getting to know each other. Yeah. And the real community doesn't come until we, we push through that to the other side. And, and so that takes some some effort. I got to keep showing up. I got to prioritize it on my calendar. I got to say, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I'm not expecting those guys to be my BFFs like day one. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gonna put in the work. Uh, but in order to get to that other side of that, I, I've got to be willing to put myself out there a little bit. Mm. I don't have to, you know, read from my diary or something. That's not what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. But I've got to be willing to share honestly about my life. And, and when I don't do that, or when we don't do that, then we can't really be known. Mm-hmm. So honesty is what enables us to actually be known, which is what we really crave and want. And then, um, you know, of course, I think the grace piece, once you actually know me, <laughs> yeah. if we're going to form that friendship, you're, you're, we're going to have to have some grace in the mix there. Well, and that's right? what we were just talking about with what Jesus said to make room for yeah. our faults, right? That's, yeah. We have to model that too. We can't just be consumers of his grace all the time we ought to, to be just like him in that right yeah yeah and and in today's hyper fragmented and hyper divided world yeah we need this idea of grace more than mm-hmm. ever because if you know we we were kind of laughing about this uh, earlier today before we record the podcast you know uh, if we press deep enough we'll find something that we disagree upon right yeah. C- Caesar's gonna think that chocolate ice cream is the only kind of ice cream anyone should ever eat in the world and I'm gonna think it's strawberry and and that might be enough for us to say all right I quit this friendship right <laughs> done depending on who you are <laughs> yeah. and, and so I mean we joke but you know what that's part of that's part of grace for one another and yeah. then when we let when we disappoint each other or, or wound each other mm. we're gonna need grace and then the fourth thing there is the leader. And this is something that I think is, 
It's just really true of life in general. Uh, nothing happens without a leader. And that's not just a Christian truism. That's a, that's a truism just in, in, in the world in general. It takes somebody who has a vision and who's willing to go first and say, I'm going to create this space. Would you come and do this with me? And the, the really cool thing about the gospel is that any Christian can do that. Any man, any woman, any adult, any child can say, hey, come with me. And then when Jesus says, wherever two or three gather in my name, I'll be there. So if you and a friend decide to gather in Jesus' name, he's going to be there with you. Man, you've got like everything you need for real Christian community. Yeah. I want to go back to um, a word you said, I think when we were talking about um, number two, that, that, uh, that honesty piece, and you, you talked about the word uh, known and being known. And I, I've been meditating on that word for a couple years now. I, have, I don't know if I'm supposed to write a book or, or something, but I just I love this idea of, of being known and how that uh, a life with, with Christ and life with God is, is a level of being known that we will never find in, in the, the human world yeah. and how beautiful that is and, and can be. And I, I was reminded of the, the power of, of being known when, in the past few years when I would go like back home to, to go to my home church or go meet with and, and hang out at some wedding or something for, with my parents and their friends and stuff. And, and I, I think it's really interesting to think of, of being known as, as this kind of legacy thing. Because if you think about it, if I go home to my home church and, and, and meet with my um, you know, if, if some my parents' friends who've known me since I was a kid come up and greet me, there's a comfort. It might be uncomfortable for some people because people <laughs> sure, sure. can overstep yeah. their bounds yeah, yeah. and assume they know everything about you. But for me, there's this comfort in being known by these people mm. and the fact that people have known who I am for my entire life that mm. doesn't feel like anything else I've ever felt. And I put a lot of um, uh, emphasis on on feelings uh, just as to who I am and sure. it might be get dangerous yeah, yeah. but it feels this way that is is really beautiful and has made me think about this word of being known and and if it, if you think about it I haven't lived in this place for almost a decade now so the fact is these people don't actually know me right <laughs> they don't know what my life is like now mm-hmm. but I can't ignore the fact that they have known at least who I am for the 30 plus years I've been on, on the planet. Yeah, that's right. And there's there's a crazy power and comfort in that that is so, so cool. And so when thinking about legacy and being known because of uh, who you are and because someone else told you who they are, like my parents, they, like again, using this example, my parents know these people and they know who I am because of my parents, right? How do we create that? as a group of believers and as a, as a church, as an entity that passes being known and getting to know people mm-hmm. on as an organization. Mm-hmm. I think that is something to strive for when it comes to Christian community because it feels, it's that comfort that you were talking about. Like that, that comfort just seeps its way into yeah. everything that that organization does because we've used that as a, um, a guiding point to make sure that people feel not that they belong, but actually know. Yeah. And that's a terrifying thing for some people, and I get that. I understand that. But I've experienced that 
I don't know, this is really long-winded. I, like, I experienced that feeling of just being completely comfortable with people that know a lot about you. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think that is kind of at the heart of this whole thing, right? That, yeah. that you have to let your guard down. You have to have that honesty, which is the point from the sermon, in order to create real connection. Yeah. It's real connection. And it's a beautiful thing. Well, and it's got to be, that's why honesty and grace have to go together. I don't want to just be known. Um, I, I want to be known by people who accept me and are gracious towards me. Yeah. I don't want to be known by the people who right. who, who want to be mean-spirited or self-righteous or judgy. Like, I don't want to be known by those people, right? So um, so it, it those things have to go together. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think the church is an interesting place. You know, some, sometimes I think people get frustrated in the church because they come in and, you know, we often say that, that real life change happens in circles, not in rows. Mm. And there's a little bit of a metaphor there, right? If I come to church and I just sit in a row every Sunday, I, I might get known just a little bit, but but probably not. Right. And if I think that I'm going to have meaningful connections simply by sitting in the row, eventually I'm going to be disappointed mm-hmm. and maybe give up on church because it I, I was never known. And so even within a church, not everyone can know everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we, we all need it. That's why, you know, that's why group life for us at Lake Forest is so important. We want everyone to have a group where they are known, or rather not as a finish line, but as they are continuing to be known. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think that's probably the difference. Yeah, I can go back to some places where I lived in the past, and, and you said this so well. They, they know me, right. but they aren't knowing me yeah. anymore. Oh, that's, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that as a, continu- as a continuum instead yeah. of a finish yeah. line. Yeah. So I was sharing with um, uh, you know one one of the guys who's part of my spiritual community, and uh, we we've been doing life together for a while. And I was sharing with him just some struggles over the summer, and he he said, "Gosh, that kind of reminds me of what you went through a year ago." And I remember praying with you about that, and I thought, "Whoa!" I just felt so known, right? Like he yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was with me through that season and struggle, yeah. and now he's in it with me now. I'm like, wow, yeah. that's so rich, right? Yeah, uh, so cool. Well, and in a way, this, this I was reminded of this by something you said, Aaron, but um, we we can't really experience the true grace of God until we're fully known. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a freedom in the, when even our deepest and darkest, right? There's a freedom that comes from people knowing that, in that honesty that comes out of that. And so with our life with Christ, and, and that's the power of confession, right? Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying... You know, your your first step in the community is confessing all of your deepest darkest secrets. That's not that's not what we're saying. But right. there is a freedom in that community when when um, you're known in that way, mm-hmm. and then you really taste and see mm-hmm. how deep the grace of God is mm-hmm. when when those mm-hmm. things are out in the open, right? That taste yeah. and see is such a good metaphor. You know, psychologists talk about. Um, a process of being known, mm. and this happens in every group. Uh, and again, Christians should be the best at this because of the example of Jesus, but this can happen in, in just any human group. We enter into a group, and, and we're not sure yet. We, we haven't put ourselves out there, so we don't yet know, is this group going to be a safe place for me? Are these people going to be people who like me and, and, and encourage me and build me up? And so what we do is we start putting little bits of ourselves out, right? Yeah. And we usually start with the safe stuff, and we've all experienced that. And when we put little bits of ourselves out, what we're doing is we're tasting and seeing, is this going to be a safe place for me? Yeah. And then when that comes back positive, then maybe next week or a couple weeks later, to, you know, I put a, we put a little more of ourselves out there. Mm. And so 
we need to be careful you, to not do violence to ourselves in this. You, you know, mm-hmm. I, we don't need to show up day one and you know air all, all of our dirty laundry. Right. Um, that's that's not the point. But if we aren't progressively sharing our honest selves, yeah. right, in yeah. in safe ways, uh, then then we're going to miss out on this gift of mm-hmm. of really knowing one another and doing life together. Yeah. You talk about this gift, and I think it's really interesting because it doesn't seem to me. Um, we, I, I think of community as kind of like a fruit, right? Like you, you, we talk about this growing kind of analogy a lot. Um, but what's what's really interesting to me is that it seems um, the way our lives are oriented now uh, and the structures that we have of, of knowing people don't permit that kind of growth to happen. You're a part of a team, your kid's part of a team for a season or a year, and then you're not there anymore. Mm. Or there's a lot of obstacles to that. You have to buy in a certain amount. Um, even our, our church, we don't have a Sunday school thing. We don't have a, mm. um, you know, a set-aside time to where people can even engage in that um, on a programming level. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in a church where the legacy was you go Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. So there was repetition, yeah. and everybody yeah. agreed to it mm-hmm. socially, right? Mm-hmm. The, the town didn't have sports practices on Wednesday nights right, because right. your kid was supposed to go to Baptist church, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. do programming there. Um, that's where you made all your friends and things like that. But now our, our world isn't oriented that mm-hmm. way. Um, it's you, you talk about being fractured, and I think it's even... Um, it's even uh, like weirdly starving ourselves of real community because we're just trying to, um, we're just trying to just get by. It feels like, yeah. and I and I've even yeah. realized that in my in my own life, like I have a couple of people um, in my life where we're really close because we both kind of looked each other in the eye and said we are going to be friends. Yeah. Like I'm not going to let yeah. you get away with doing something else. Um, you devoted yourself. Yeah, we devoted ourselves, and yeah. that's something Love me, that. Dang it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it 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 put us in a place where yeah. we couldn't compromise because we spoke almost a promise to each other, mm. and that's there's not many opportunities to do that mm-hmm. in our world today um, because the buy-in is so low. I follow you now on, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're, we're friends on yeah, Facebook, yeah. or oh, our, yeah. our kids that's play so on the good. same team, and so we see each other at practice. You know, it's a, it's a con, not just a convenience thing, but just a we kind of have a, a low buy-in. So, and I imagine that the the call of Jesus to ask twelve guys to come follow me, stop what you're doing for the yeah. rest of for for what they thought was going to be the rest of their lives, and yeah. it turned into the rest of their lives. That's a different that's a different buy-in than mm-hmm. a than a hey come to church on Sunday mornings, yeah. and mm-hmm. then. Eventually, you're going to hear about a small group that you might be able to go to. Yeah. You know, it feels far removed. The call mm. of Jesus feels far removed than the call that maybe most people who interact with Christians would ever receive. Yeah. So what's what is the you, I, I which I love the leader part. Yeah. Of what you talked about this this community doesn't happen if someone doesn't take initiative. Yeah. Mm. What how does that play into? the leaders need to have somebody agree to them hey i'm committed to you to yeah. lead a group you know as well why well, you know i think there's a misnomer I, I think the leader can be just as much a, a recipient of the group gift yeah. as anyone right mm. and we've got some amazing leaders at lake forest that, are, that yeah. have stepped up to lead sure. these efforts i caesar I, I i think it's probably a lot closer between the jesus and our experience than we think 
I would challenge anyone. I mean, I challenge anyone. You you find a group and you give it your all for six months. And I think Christian community is such a resilient kind of plant Mm -hmm. that if that seed finds even the smallest bit of soil, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's going to grow, right? Like if we, if we say, Hey, we're in this together, we're going to not give up meat. We're going to be committed to this. We're going to make the effort. We're going to get honest. We're going to share grace. And there's somebody leading that. I promise you, it is it going to be heaven? No, it's not going to be heaven. <laughs> yeah. But you will experience something of community in those by the end of that six months. Mm-hmm. Almost every time, mm-hmm. I, not almost every time in my life, I can think of where I've set out to try to do yeah. that. Uh, the seed has borne fruit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think this is so something God wants for us that even when we we do it imperfectly. Mm-hmm. Jesus is faithful. Wherever two or three gather in my name, I'm going to be there. Are there any things that we have to unlearn about community and the way that we do it now in order to engage in this new way of being known? That's a good question. I I think probably the first thing comes to mind um, is probably some of the the, these pieces. We have to Mm -hmm. you have to realize it's not going to come instantly. It's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I think maybe one that we didn't touch on uh, a little bit would be um, the speed part of that. Our life is done so fast. Yeah. And and if if we aren't willing to slow down long enough to be present to one another, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the thing. This you can't do this in a hurried fashion. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that that reminds me of a point we made about week one of our our up in and out triangle about the with God life is that this is actually. a we have to practice this is actually something we have to do and be bad at for a while (laughs) and do but we have to keep at it if we really want to see this take Mm -hmm. take root you know Mm -hmm. to use your plant metaphor in in our lives that reminds me of a a friend or an acquaintance that i have that we want to be friends and we've tried multiple times to meet for like the last two months and nothing has matriculated mm, yeah. and I've just felt this overwhelming sense of like I'm really bad at this <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then I was like well you know what the only way I'm gonna get good at or the only way we're actually it's become practice. friends is for me to just text him again and say yeah. yeah can we meet and we're meeting this week and but at, it's weird you know having said hey let's let's get together and that was two months ago yep. and this is the first time we've gotten together so that's two months is a long time yeah. to go you know with your go on with your life in almost feel like you've forgotten about each other. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, that's kind of embarrassing to then reach out to somebody again and be like, hey, remember when we said we were going to hang out? Let's actually do that. And they're okay. And and what was really, you talk about the grace part of it. It's like, they're like, yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Let's just do it. You know, yeah. it's, it wasn't a, like, uh, hey, you, you've ghosted me for the last two months or yeah. you haven't made the effort. Let's just, uh, let's just start. Yeah, it takes work. It takes. It does. Effort. That, that's. I think that's the big summary. Just the, that he. You know, again, the Hebrews verse: Don't give up. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Meeting. Don't stop. Don't mm-hmm. just keep going. Right. It will. It will form. It will form. It will bear fruit. It'll be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Tell Us More. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to my guests, Cesar Guerrero and Aaron Gibson. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. What an important topic for us. Timely one, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, friends, join us next time when we ask our speakers and those ministering to us and around us to tell us more. Goodbye.